Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. And uh, we, although we might have a little uh, overflow uh, out in the back 40, uh, you will be able to, you know, get a seat because we, mm. our uh, occupancy has got to be at half. So we mm. really have to uh, keep an eye on uh, that and how many people are coming in. But we, we do plan to offer the girls and uh, guys have been working really hard to try and... Uh, keep the same feel and offer the same service. So when everybody comes, they'll be able to uh, enjoy their favorite cocktails and beverages and uh, cigars as well. Sweet. Um, Kendra, can you, can we hear you at this point? Uh, that would be a no. Seven twenty four lounge. So we've grown over the years and uh, made many, partnerships, friendships, thousands and thousands of regulars and customers, and we've grown our business to uh, what I think is, uh, you know, one of the best cigar environments in the country, mm. and that's always yeah. been our goal. So if you fast forward about 10 years into uh, the existence of Twin Smoke Shop, I was paying attention to uh, I'm an antique collector. I collect uh, advertising and memorabilia, and I've surrounded myself with that since I was probably 16 years old. But some of the items I was finding was part of the 724 cigar brand, and I started discovering this before the Internet, and I would see a couple pieces or I'd get a couple phone calls, uh, people telling me uh, where they saw them in an antique shop, and I'd go chasing them down. And that's what kind of brought the 724 brand to my attention. Mm. And as a retail tobacconist, I really uh, was intrigued by it. It was uh, right in Manchester, New Hampshire. You can see the backdrop behind uh, Nick, which is the uh, uh, not the original factory, but that was the second factory. The original factory opened up in a small storefront uh, at 724 Elm Street, Manchester, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And it was a small uh, retail establishment. And I understand they made about 18,000 cigars in their first year. Wow. wow. So fast forward about 25 years, they built a factory that uh, you see behind Nick. And I believe it opened, from what I've learned, uh, in about 1905. That factory grew to be the largest manufacturer of 10 cent cigars in the world. Mm. And learning all this history and uh, how what I can see looks great. Yeah, it looks uh, fantastic. And I can hear all you guys. I'm not sure what uh, anybody else can hear. Yeah, I mean, on to me, everything sounds everything sounds uh, fine. Yeah, I just got a message from Scott Watson, one of my 
oldest original customers at Twin Smoke Shop. That uh, just Kurt sounds good. Jimmy Price is in the house. Yep. Hey, hey Jimmy, how you doing? Hey, hey. What's up, Jimmy? All right. Well, let's hey, I'm going to rewind a minute. You know, I, I see Scott Watson on the screen, and uh, Scott's an, uh, an old friend. He was uh, one of the original customers at Twin Smoke Shop, and he was also, uh, in the beginning of microbreweries, the uh, brewer at Nutfield Brewery. And... Uh, that's what I I think that was the first time I had ever had a beer that wasn't a Budweiser. And, uh, but that was back in the late nineties, I believe. Mm. And, uh, that was some of the first events and partnerships we ever had was with Scott at Nutfield brewery in London, Dairy, New Hampshire, or maybe that was mm. Dairy, New Hampshire. And, uh, now Scott has a, uh, a company called loon chocolate right out of New Hampshire. He's making yeah. uh, killer chocolates. Hmm. Sorry about the uh, side advertisement, but <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Got to do, uh, got to do a plug. What do we, uh, what are we all thinking so far about the uh, WK and the pairing, Paul? Well, the W, the, the WK is just a wonderfully creamy, smooth cigar. Um, I got some nice light citrus notes out of it from the beginning. Uh, it's continuing on. Some nice cedar notes as well. Very, very smooth. Just a fantastic cigar. Very, very, uh, very approachable for a lot of people. This is mm. certainly one of our more popular lines that we have in the humidor. Nick, what about yourself? This is this is my favorite Connecticut cigar to smoke. It doesn't smoke like any other Connecticut that I've ever had. A lot of the Connecticut's that I've had in the past. Uh, lack of flavor they're just really light they're really kind of a, a beginner cigar but the 724 connecticut wk to me is a great introduction to somebody that wants to get outside of their normal smoking connecticut so this got a lot of flavor to me it's got a lot of wood creamy notes in there uh and then it has a really really nice retro hail spice on it and it's yeah, going it perfect with uh the Herodora. It's awesome, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Bree, Bree, what do you think? Oh, I'm um I'm with everybody on the fact that Connecticut's are always a walk in the park. Um what I like about this pairing in particular, um, you get like a lot of notes of um like a slight vanilla sweetness from the Herodera. Um, and then when you smoke the cigar with it, it kind of brings out the citrus notes a little bit more. And all together, um, it's almost as if you were like smelling fresh cedar with like a light painting of um, vanilla. So it's it's really the perfect combination. It's a walk in the park pairing. Yeah, you have a way with words. Woman. <laughs> oh, I try. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. poet. Kendra, what's what's your thoughts on how it pairs with the tequila? Yeah, I get um, definitely like earthy, woody notes from the cigar, and I think mm -hmm. the sweetness in the tequila is really balanced. I think that the cigar actually brings out the nice, like sweet, like vanilla and like honey notes in the tequila. Mm -hmm. So it is definitely working really well. 
Yeah, for me, the cigar has kind of a natural sweet creaminess to it. Nice cedar notes. Um, this is also, you know, uh, one of my favorite Connecticut cigars. There's just a lot of flavor going on here. It's very well balanced. It's very smooth. And uh, the tequila really does kind of complement the sweetness of the cigar very, very well. And, you know, those citrus notes that Bree was talking about, uh, I definitely picked that up in the pairing. Um, it's very, very nice how this goes. Um, Kurt, let me let me ask you something here. And you kind of touched on this, but I want to maybe see if you can give us a little bit more of what was going on in your mind at the time. You know, why, why revive 724? I mean, why not just come out with your own brand of cigars, the Twins House brand or beard and bourbon cigars <laughs> why why was it so important to you to revive this 724 to me was an iconic brand that uh somehow you know uh, closed somehow went out of business mm. and what i understand is in 1963 the factory closed and with the uh, Cuban trade embargo, they were unable to get the Cuban fillers that they used uh, all the years. They mm -hmm. now remember they were making as many as 80 million cigars a year, and uh, that's a, that's amazing. It is amazing. It's a uh, an amazing story, but the history and the iconic building that was five minutes from my house mm. is still standing today. I just couldn't understand why, you know, why it was gone but i i was so excited to bring it back it brought like uh, a whole new drive to me and uh, i really took it under my wing and decided you know i gotta make this happen i kicked the tire on it for like two years yeah and i traveled around i talked about it you know and finally i uh got it moving in the right direction mm -hmm. and uh we came out with five different cigars to introduce the brand in 19 no 2006 okay um now there are lots of brands out there of course to choose from uh especially connecticut cigars what to you makes the wk stand out from the pack from the pack of all the connecticut's well yeah it's it's got a lot of flavor uh the, what i like about uh the cigars that we make is First of all, I'm not a cigar maker. Mm -hmm. I'm not a cigar blender. I mm -hmm. work with uh, a, an incredible team to create these cigars. But one of my goals is I like a nice, firm cigar mm -hmm. that draws perfectly, that will burn razor sharp, and that will has a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. So this has a lot of flavor, being a mild cigar. Mm -hmm. It does have a, a, an incredible aroma and uh it's very enjoyable this mm. actually brings me back to when i first started smoking cigars mm. and uh, enjoying the fonseca's and the uh, fuente <laughs> cigars and uh stuff like that so that's yeah, why that's i right. brought it back you're a huge fonseca nut you love those cigars um yeah. now you're not a you're not a blender like you said but you know how involved are you in the process that goes on in bringing these to market? How involved are you in picking out the blends and, and saying, no, I, I don't want this, I want that? 
you know, how 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 is that process with you? Well, I've been part of uh, the process, obviously, on pick, selecting all the blends for six or seven different cigars we've come out with. Mm-hmm. The in the beginning, you know, I was a complete novice. I was very mm-hmm. green. I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> and I had to rely on a team around me. I did know that I wanted a few specific characteristics about a cigar that uh, I would insist upon so I could be unique. Mm. And I don't recall a whole lot of cigars that were using any uh, Brazilian Matafina as a wrapper at the time. Mm. And I really liked the characteristics of that tobacco. I liked the the white ash. I liked the aroma. I liked the flavor it brought. And I love the, you know, how the combustion. So the first blend we came out with was, uh, you know, a few ideas that I had, but I certainly relied on the experts to put the blend together. Mm. After that, you know, I, I, I expanded my knowledge by doing the same thing, going to the factories and uh, learning more of the process. But I, I certainly relied on the uh, experts around me. Mm. I, I had an idea what I wanted because our goal was unique cigars, unique flavors, unique aroma, but medium-bodied cigars that just about anyone can smoke. Mm. And uh, I think we've done pretty well at that so far. I think I think so. Um, now, you started out in retail. What what made you want to expand into getting into a creating a brand like 724, bringing it back and making it making it a national thing? What you know? Why leave the retail to do that? Well, I never left retail. I'm a retailer. I'm a consumer. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a cigar lover, and through the collection of some of the antiques and uh, learning the history of the brand. I, I really was not in the market to bring a cigar brand to market. I had no idea that what I was going to do. All <laughs> I knew was this deserved to come back. Mm. And that's where the project started. I didn't know where it was going to go. I really didn't know if it would be a national brand. I didn't know if it would be a, a store house brand. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, as soon as I got it, friends were inquiring. Some of the acquaintances I've had over the years, uh, you know, really really uh, were interested in bringing the cigar into their shop, but also do me a favor and uh, offer it to their customers. And uh, I was very fortunate in the beginning with all the connections and and, uh, contacts I had and friends across the industry and the country. And within the first couple of years, we were in hundreds of stores because of those relationships as being as a retailer. Yeah, the cigar business is so relationally driven. It really is a kind of a who you know kind of thing. And the community is just so great that way. People are willing to help their friends and help other people out. That's one of the reasons I uh, enjoy being in the business too. Um, what's What's one of the most challenging things that you had to deal with in bringing 724 to the market? Well, bringing it to the market, you know, obviously takes capital. Mm -hmm. It takes ideas. It takes experience. 
And I thought that I had a few of those characteristics to bring it back. Mm-hmm. And I thought as a retailer of what I've seen all the manufacturers do over the years, I I wanted to take all the good stuff that I learned from all the different manufacturers for me buying and pour it into my company. Mm-hmm. So that part actually came pretty natural. And okay. from communication with the retailers to uh, packaging properly, you know, every single box I send out has a handwritten note, you know, letting them know that I really appreciate them. Mm-hmm. But the biggest challenge that I've running into is really the uh, ability to have a good sales force mm-hmm. and maintain that over years to come. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a very small company, one of the smallest companies in the industry, I don't have the luxury of having a dedicated sales force. So over the years, I've been blessed with working with some of the best cigar brokers in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've gotten my cigars across uh, hundreds of accounts in the United States. Mm-hmm. But as I've learned, the brokers tend to get jobs and <laughs> leave uh, certain areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been my biggest challenge is keeping the sales force and mm. keeping it in people's faces mm. and, uh, in the, you know, getting it in their hands. Um, one of the stories that I really love about how something went wrong and you made that into a huge positive for the 724 brand was the creation of the dog walker size cigar. Can you tell us a little bit about how that particular Vitola came about? Sure. Well, the uh, as I was uh, starting the brand, one of the things that I had always seen with 724 was the size called Landres. Mm-hmm. And although I did not come out with a Landres, the first five uh, sizes that we created, I wanted to come out with that again. So our sixth size was going to be the Landres. And... I was excited to make it, decided to, uh, excited to get it in. And we created a cigar that, in my opinion, I wanted a, what I was calling a shaggy foot. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the wrapper to come all the way around the end of the foot of the cigar. So when you lit it, you really could experience that uh, Brazilian Matafina. Mm-hmm. So with my... Uh, lack of experience and poor communication with the factory, I was asking for a shaggy foot. And what happened was the shaggy foot came in and the Landres came to the, our warehouse and there was about three quarters of an inch of the foot of the cigar that had no wrapper leaf. And mm. my lack of proper terminology with the factory asking for a shaggy foot <laughs> was the opposite of what I wanted to do. Mm. So now we had an incomplete blend, in my opinion. And when you lit that cigar, it was the opposite of what I intended, uh, Matafina. Now you're tasting no Matafina, and you're tasting filler and wrapper. I mean, filler and binder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we kicked it around. We didn't know exactly what to do. I didn't have a lot of time to uh, start over. 
So we cut the cigars all down, and we cut three-quarters of an inch off. And now we had a shorter cigar. It was not a Landres. And from my retail experience, I always called those short little cigars dog walkers. Mm -hmm. As you know, in New England, where we're from, a dog walker or, uh, you know, when you're out in the garage, you're walking your dog, you're cold, you look for that <laughs> short cigar. I always call them dog walkers. So yeah, that's what we ended up naming that particular size. And when we brought it to market and we brought it to the trade show, it uh, that name ricocheted across the room. And although I only had a, a few cigars to sell, uh, it was a huge hit for us. It's it's a great great cigar. I love the dog walker size. Having a dog myself, um, you know, especially you know in the fall and winter and early spring, those short cigars are awesome. And uh, I can't say enough about them. The hustler, I think, is my favorite. Um, Paul, do you have a favorite dog walker? Yeah, it's the Factory Fifty Seven. Factory Fifty Seven. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nick, yeah. what about you? Do you have a favorite dog walker? The original. The original dog walker. The original is my favorite. I uh, When I walk my dog, I usually bring a five-pack because I usually go through them. I'm a little bit of a... I'm a little bit of a... surprise there, Nick. Yeah. Another so, walk, another uh, shocker. Five-pack, it does the job. Oh, my goodness. Three, do you, walk. Have, do you have a favorite dog walker? Well, considering that it's tattooed on my leg, um, yes, I do the dog walker hustler. <laughs> yeah. Ah, marked for life. Look at that. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, are you um, planning on coming out with a uh, WK dog walker? That's the only line that, uh, well, one of the two lines that doesn't have one. Yes, we do. We, we've, actually, the cigars have been made for quite a while. We ran into some packaging glitches. Mm. And uh, so the cigars have been sitting for actually about a year, uh, but they will be out. They'll be out soon. And uh, as soon as we get, get our problems behind us. Mm. How has, um, how do you think being a retailer and starting out as a retailer, being a retailer at heart has helped you to uh, market the 724 brand? Well, understanding uh, being uh, a retailer and watching the companies come at us with their marketing and come at us with uh, certain promotions and, you know, packaging is so important to me in a, in a cigar. You know, packaging is not everything because you can't smoke the box. The consumer, especially if they're unaware of your brand, to the to the brand. So, you know, we used all original packaging for the most part for the brand. Mm -hmm. uh, we did create some new packaging, but it all stemmed from original artwork or signage from uh, the brand and what I've collected. So I've learned a lot being a retailer and mm -hmm. uh, trying to have a successful cigar brand uh, I certainly wouldn't be as far as we are now without that experience. Mm. I have somebody here asking, is there going to be a uh, 1874 dog walker in the future? Well, I'm going to have to say as of right now, probably not. And 
with the unfortunate circumstances of some of the federal changes in the way we make cigars and the way we can uh, release cigars in the future, I'm going to have to say it's a good possibility that that won't happen. Mm. But my suggestion would be is to buy 1874 and a half. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have a question for Kurt. I don't think I ever asked him. Um, because Kurt, I know you're a, a lover of Lanceros. That's kind of like your size. Will you be coming out with any of the Lanceros and like the Factory 57, the WK? I know you. We're gonna the next cigar that we're gonna be smoking is gonna be the original uh, Lancero. I would love, love to try a Factory 57 Lancero. That thing has got to be unbelievable. Well. The, 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 there's good news and bad news. Ah. Good, the, the bad news is probably not a Lancero in the Factory 57, but we did introduce a Lonsdale prior to the uh, dates that the FDA required us to have cigars on the market prior to the uh, changing of the rules and laws. So we have a Lonsdale coming out in that. We also launched a uh lancero in the hustler series nice and a few other sizes as well that uh we'll be putting in they're, they are in regular production but they're not distributed all across the country as much as uh the other sizes in, in uh series as far as uh wk goes uh that's probably not going to happen mm. Well, let, let me reverse the last question i gave you how do you think being a brand owner has helped you uh, as a retailer at Twins? Hmm. That's a great question, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. <laughs> great question. <laughs> well, you know, I guess I have But uh, one of the things about being a good retailer is recognizing the new manufacturers coming up and the new opportunities coming up and always giving someone a chance. So if somebody walks into my store and appears to be a, a good solid person, a good businessman, they have a good product and a good story of some, to some degree, mm -hmm. I always give them a chance. Mm -hmm. I'll always bring the cigar in and I'll always give it a fair shake. I'll always present it properly. I'll get the staff behind it so uh, we know about the product and we also uh, get behind it because the goal is with a new product is to get it into people's hands. One of the things that I've learned from being on both sides and wearing both hats for sure and uh, you know, I also recognize that the relationships are really big and that uh, it's important to you know do good business and do the right thing. Yeah. You know, quality retailers is a term that I use all the time. Mm. And it's important to be a quality retailer and understand how to be a retailer and not just a hobbyist because mm. there's a lot of hobbyists in this industry. Yeah. And uh, I take pride in the fact that I am not a hobbyist. I take it very seriously. 
and I partner with some of the best manufacturers in the world mm. in order to uh, be successful on both ends. That's awesome. Uh, guys, we're coming up to the halfway point here. Uh, let's talk about our final thoughts on the WK torpedo here. Um, uh, I'm going to start with Nick. Yay. Um, well, the pairing is great. Um, the little that I had, I, I finished it a little while ago. It was absolutely great. More of that. Um, with the with the cigar continuously creamy, still with the woody notes, still a lot of flavor in there. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit. I'm, I'm like two three inches in left of this, um, and it's still a lot of flavor in there. Usually, a lot of times it'll get a lot of cigars will get harsh at the end, but this one's still incredibly smooth. Really a lot of flavor. It's still getting, for me, I'm still getting uh, that nice light spice on the retro hail. Unfortunately, I'm not getting any of that uh, floral notes or the vanilla, but a little what bit. What notes? Floral notes. Floral notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you spell that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll Surrey. But, uh, Paul, what about you? Well, first of all, I want to say that the pairing actually was really good. I am not at all a tequila fan. Um, I've had a bad experience with them many years ago, and I just shut it away like the plague. But just no, one but bad experience. This this one I actually got to say is been really good. I actually got a lot of pepper notes from the tequila in the beginning. It smoothed out. Um, yeah. And uh, but it's it's actually brought out a lot more of the cedar notes from the cigar. So the cigar on its own, uh, wonderfully smooth, uh, nice citrus notes in the beginning. It's now gone away, but it's brought out a little bit more of the earthy, woody notes. Still get that cedar. Uh, that's again, that's coming from the uh, tequila. Just an absolutely fantastic cigar. <laughs> Bree, what do you think? Since it's tattooed on your leg, I'm, I'm gonna think. <laughs> Technically, it's the dog walker hustler that's tattooed on my oh, leg. <laughs> oh. However, um, even though it's not a possibility, um, I'm still <laughs> thinking about what, like, if there was a Connecticut Lancero, because it's like, um, I feel like Connecticut's are like, if you haven't smoked a cigar in a week and you're like easing back in, start with a Connecticut. And then, like, the Lancero is my favorite size as well. Um, but as far as this pairing in particular, um, I think what's unique about it is that it's a pairing that stays consistent. Like, mm -hmm. I've noticed in the past, sometimes it's like, you know, um, the spirit will start out stronger and the cigar will kind of smooth it out or vice versa. And then by the end, you're getting a lot of spice and pepper. With this, it's like the spice kind of, like, comes through throughout the entire smoke and then when you have the tequila with it it does the exact same so they're almost like um a complementary pair where instead of contrasting in a good way they complement in a good way so kendra, that's my take kendra were you happy with how the pairing went for you yeah definitely um i agree with a lot of like what paul's saying and and also with brie i would say overall it's balanced which is a, a good thing Yep. And you're talking about pairings, you know, staying consistent and yep. the flavors um, aren't really changing much as the cigar is getting down to the end. So mm. um, overall, super 
Um, mm -hmm. And I'm proud of you, Paul, for drinking the tequila. <laughs> <and> like it. <laughs> this is the second podcast where we've had a tequila win with Paul. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Hey, am I allowed to uh, chime in on this, uh, Pastor? Yeah, before? but I'm I'm sure you're going to say you like it a lot. I mean, it's yours. Well, I, I do. <laughs> First of all, I like both of the products, but Kendra put this pairing together and did a really good job. It could go really nicely together. The products are good, but the 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 uh, pairing itself really complements each other. They're both very uh, well-balanced, and neither one of them outshines the other, and it's just a really nice uh, situation, so good job. That's oh, why we call Kendra the pairing master. In addition to the post potion master, she does a great job at pairing the cigars and tobaccos we smoke with the spirits available at the 724 Lounge Bar. It's very, very good. I get uh, a lot of help from you guys. So yeah, but still, you you know, I mean, here's here's the thing. You know, I know a lot about cigars. I've been smoking cigars for decades. I've been a certified, you know, retail tobacconist for over 20 years. But when it comes to spirits and liquors, I, uh, the only thing I really know about them is that I like them. <laughs> <laughs> I have not met a, a hard alcohol that I didn't like, for better or worse, <laughs> you know. But, you know, the two of us together, you know, we really do a good job, I think, in, in uh, coming up with real winners. And this is this is one. I don't have a lot of experience with tequila. I, I, unlike Paul, I haven't had any horrible experiences with it. You know, it doesn't make me want to, you know, go skiing down Black Diamond slopes in my underwear or something <laughs> like that. But, um, you Pastor, know, this... could I make a comment on the uh, the tequila, tequila yes, in general? You know, we've been very fortunate and blessed at uh, Twin Smoke Shop. We have a, an environment called the 724 Lounge. And... Through that experience, I've been blessed and invited to many places around the country and the world to buy spirits. So if people don't know, this is actually a single barrel product. This comes from one barrel after uh, distillation. And what people don't realize about tequila is uh, it's, this, is a, this is a reposado. And a rep what makes it a reposado is the age of the tequila and the age in the barrel. So okay. it's it's uh, been aged, like Kendra said, for 11 months in a uh, charred oak barrel and then uh, one month in a uh, new American oak barrel in Mexico to many distilleries. And we bought a few different barrels of tequila, but we're able to select the tequila that really... Uh, we think that they will complement cigars. Mm. So we have unique products like that from uh, Herodora, uh, Corazon. We have uh, unique whiskeys from Old Forester, High West, uh, just to name a few. And uh, it, it's a great opportunity to try different single barrel uh, spirits and enjoy them with cigars. That's awesome. Um 
I really think the WK is a fantastic cigar. Um, you know, it, I'm a more medium to full-bodied cigar smoker myself usually. Uh, however, the, the WK is one of my favorite cigars in the 724 lineup. It is so smooth and consistent. Uh, it's got those great cedar notes, woody notes to it. Um, that little citrusy uh, floral note in the uh, retrohale and in the uh, aroma of the of the smoke. And you can see it just has smoked great all the way down. You know, Kurt said at the outset he was looking for a cigar that was going to be nice, firm, and constructed well, and that the burn was going to be perfect all the way down. Uh, all of us looking at everybody's cigars as they've been smoking, everybody had a great experience. I didn't have to touch mine up once after I got it lit. And if you're looking for a Connecticut cigar that has a, more flavor to it than usual, but you, you, you're wanting to stay in that um, mild to medium range, the 724 WK is definitely a cigar that I would check out. So... Um, Get to your uh, local tobacconist, wherever that is. If you're in the Inland area, that's Twins. Um, and get you some of these cigars. They're fantastic. Now, we're going to switch gears here, and we're going to smoke this. The original 724 Lancero. Uh, it comes uh, wrapped in this long cedar sleeve here. And uh, Kurt, I know this is one of your favorite cigars. You want to tell us about it? Yes, Dan, I'd love to tell you about it. That's good. <laughs> this is one of my favorite cigars. I do tend to like uh, narrower ring gauges. I've smoked narrower ring gauges for a lot of years. And uh, I think this particular blend of tobacco which is from Brazil, Colombia, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Honduras, and Mexico, all in this small little ring gauge cigar. <laughs> uh, really, uh, the, the size complements that blend, and the ratio of tobaccos and the flavor and aroma that comes from it is one of my favorites, and mm. uh, that's why I really enjoy this particular cigar. And this has that Brazilian Matafina uh, wrapper that you love so much, right? It does, yes. Now, um, when you were blending this, when you were blending the original 724 line, were you looking to um, re create, recreate something similar to what was offered by 724, the factory, or were you looking to do your own original blend? Well, I, originally we looked at trying to recreate something similar. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was all the fillers from the original 724 blend were from Cuba. Mm -hmm. The binder was a Connecticut broadleaf and the wrapper was Sumatran. And we messed around with a few different blends trying to replicate something like that. Mm -hmm. But Real, realistically, my goal was to have unique a unique product to bring to the market for today's market, right. not necessarily just to copy something else or be similar to anyone else. So mm -hmm. that's why we selected some of these tobaccos to uh, just have unique, uh, in you know, 
product that people could enjoy. Now, for this, we are drinking the uh, 724 um, High West bourbon, correct, Kendra? You want to tell us a little bit about uh, that offering? Yes, indeed. So there's actually a lot to be said about this High West. Okay, so our High West barrel, barrel is... Um, it's an American Prairie bourbon, mm -hmm. so High West uh, American Prairie, and mm -hmm. that is a blend of three straight bourbons. Okay. And um, it is finished, additionally, this is the unique part, it's finished in a barrel-aged Manhattan barrel. So barrel-aged cocktails, that's the thing. And High West actually sells a bottled Manhattan. So I would assume that the... The additional aging is going into that particular barrel that they made the cocktail, mm. and so, so you can you can get High West American Prairie in the stores, but right. our finish with the Manhattan barrel is the unique part. And um, American Prairie bourbon is actually named after the American Prairie Preserve Foundation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's heard of it, but it is a huge wildlife preservation foundation. So um, that makes me love it even more because <laughs> I love me some animals. Yeah, it's um, got the little rabbit on the front, I think. It's, right? got, it's a prong um, antelope. An antelope. Um, an antelope, yes. Jackalope. Yeah. So... <laughs> So that's what I got for you. It is um, wonderful. I'm with the pairing. My first sip there, the, a blast of like a sweet cereal. Like it, it's it's definitely it's it's killer. Yeah, High West is one of my favorite bourbons. My favorite of theirs is Campfire. Mm -hmm. um, I I love that stuff. That's and the first time I had it was as a customer at the 724 Lounge. Um, I can't remember who who served it to me. Um, it might have been Sean, actually. But I, I asked for a bourbon. During your interview? To, no. Oh, this was, this was <laughs> Kurt. Kurt, this was, this was years ago. This was years before I, that even came on the radar. And I, I said, I'd love to try a bourbon. I don't really know much about it. And um, whoever offered it to me said, well, we just got in this uh, High West campfire. It's really, really good. Why don't you try that? And I did. And that was unbelievable stuff. And uh, uh, I've just been hooked on High West since. Bree, well, Dan, since what, makes, uh, what makes that particular one unique is it's actually not a bourbon. It's a blended whiskey mm. that is blended with rye, bourbon, and a little bit of scotch in that campfire. So it's uh, it's got a real smoky uh Slight bit of peat. Yeah, it, it, there uh, is a little peatiness to yeah, it. Yeah, really unique. This particular one here is not a single barrel either. It's a blended whiskey, but mm -hmm. it was finished in a, uh, they call a BAM barrel, which uh, Kendra just explained. Mm. And uh, they make that uh, barrel-aged Manhattan, and then they age this for 25 months in that barrel afterwards. That's it. Now, did you, Kurt, pick this barrel yourself? No, I didn't. This barrel was offered to me. So as uh, the other barrels that we tend to buy, 
are generally uh, single barrels. Mm. So it spends its whole life in one barrel. It's not blended. This was a blend that High West uh, offered to us to offer in the 724 Lounge. Uh, it's they don't they don't offer a lot of barrels. So as soon as they mm. offered it uh, and tasted it, we were very excited to get it in. I'm sure it's it's a great great uh, thing to have up at the bar. Um, Bree, what's your first thoughts on the pairing here between the Lancero and the uh, High West? So personally, as someone who loves, um, I love the woods, I love like log cabins, all that sort of thing. Here um, we go. Yep. So here we go. <laughs> Originally, High West Campfire was like my number one promoted product, my favorite mm -hmm. whiskey. Um, and then we got this Manhattan, Maryland, and I was thinking off the bat, oh, this is going to be too sweet for me. I tried it and I was proven wrong. And it's interesting because, um, you know, I started out puffing my cigar and, um, when you puff the cigar for a bit and you get it going and then you take a sip of the high West and kind of, you know, let, let it sit on your palate a little bit and then give a good exhale. You almost get, um, the essence of being inside of like a log cabin. It's um there's like a lot of like woodiness. There's like spice from the wrapper. There's like a little bit of a sweetness beneath it. Mm -hmm. Um so it's almost like a nostalgic pairing, but it's it's one that's more powerful than the first, but I think perfect for what I'm looking for at the end of the night. Okay. I hope I don't lose you to cigar aficionado or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't forget where you started. <laughs> Remember the little people. Remember the little people. Um, Paul, Paul, what do you think of the pairing here? Well, I've never had the 724 High West before, and I got to mm -hmm. say, I got I actually get some nice cherry notes from this, and so I think that's that's bringing out, yeah. So that's bringing out a lot more of the earth and wood notes from the cigar. Uh, the cigar on its own is very, very smooth, sweet. Little spicy. The retro hail is just really smooth. Uh, mm. Just, just really great. Mm. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the pairing. I think the the high west is really complementing the the lancero very well. It's got just the right amount of spice. It's very smooth. There's so much going on here, mm. and um, there's so much going on in the high west as well that it just it's. <laughs> it's a party in your mouth, people. It's it's awesome. Oh. It's uh it's amazing. Now I think Kurt, the combination of the cedar notes from the the tobacco and the the slight cherry and uh, spice from the whiskey it really goes nicely together. Kurt, what what made you um, expand from uh, just being a retail store to to putting a bar in there? Why, what, what, what made you want to switch into that? Well, over the years, I've enjoyed a lot of spirits and <laughs> I've been, some of my favorite, some of my favorite <laughs> moments in life are enjoying spirits with friends. Uh, and, you know, we always had a small lounge and we expanded that, you know, to a, little bigger lounge over the years but knowing that enjoying the the benefit of the complementing uh characteristics of these 
and enjoying it with friends was uh, always big to me. I love uh, tobacco with coffee. I love mm-hmm. tobacco with, uh, you know, premium spirits. And I, uh, I just thought, what a, what an opportunity we have here in New Hampshire to try and introduce that. So we actually went to the state and uh, we had a re- state rep uh, introduce a bill called the Cigar Bar Bill. Uh, and that was with our my cigar association, the Cigar Association of New Hampshire. And uh, we pushed it through. It took us a few years to get it done, but we were able to get it done where a retail tobacconist could off- also offer spirits without any food. And uh, it, it's uh, it's done really well. I, and we've grown substantially in our business through our lounge and really uh it it enhances the uh the time that people can come and stay with us and mm-hmm. smoke more and you know it's it's a benefit where it does more business it's uh and it's a, 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 uh, afforded us to uh move into the the building we're in so we have a mm-hmm. almost 10,000 square foot building that we bought about seven years ago. And it took us almost two years to build it out, but one whole floor is a 724 lounge. So uh, wherever you might be, you might wanna come down and uh, check it out and uh, experience uh, what we do every day. And, you know, I have a tops, top-notch staff right in front of you. This is just a portion of it, but, uh, you know, they're, we really appreciate what we have. And, uh, that lounge is a big part of us. Yeah, I've I've been to a lot of lounges and cigar bars, you know, across the country. And Twins is a very special place. And um, uh, not for nothing, Kurt, it's like the cleanest cigar shop I've ever been in in my life. <laughs> and you know, there's you know. Uh, and I'm not just saying, you know, so many when you're smoking, you know, there's there's, you know, you're, ha- you're having to deal with ashes. You're having to deal with people who, you know, leave their apple cores in the ashtray, you know, that do these stupid things. And, you know, it, it's it's such a great atmosphere. You feel good about being there. Um it's a, a place where you can bring your friends to. And, and, you know, for me, you know, Pastor Padron, it's one of these places where you can go and I can bring my wife and feel like I, I like her knowing where we are. We've actually had dates up at the bar and uh, Kendra can vouch for that. And um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place. It's a great atmosphere, great people. And I think the customers you did an anniversary or a birthday there too, didn't you? We did. We did. We had our uh, 29th anniversary this past uh, December. There's a, a hotel right behind. It just came up, spent the evening at the. Drink and drive. We just walked back and, and enjoyed ourselves. It was great. See that was that was PG Kurt. You didn't have to get worried. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've always looked at it as you know you want to be in an environment that's clean. Why wouldn't we have the cleanest environment we can? And 
one of the best stories of how clean our place is is mm-hmm. one of our employees uh, that's been with us the longest and has been on this show many times is Lisa Lemieux, yep. who started as our cleaning gal. And uh, she did such a good job cleaning, uh, and we kept her going for years. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, just we started a bar in our old location, and we needed somebody to, you know, crack beers and pour shots. And uh, at the time, that's about the extent of our uh, bartending experience. And uh, Lisa <laughs> came on board, real a real go-getter and uh, self-trained bartender, and uh, done a great job. Yes, she has. She's done awesome. Um, you touched on this a little bit uh, a few minutes ago, um, but you, you not only got into the cigar bar, you know, uh, end of things, literally working to create the bill to make that happen, but then you took that a step further into offering these 724 unique selections and single barrel selections. What made you decide to make that leap into doing that? Well, Dan, you know, as a uh, quality retailer, and I can't believe I just like Connie said that in the third party, but you know, (laughs) I want to be a quality retailer and I've always looked to have the best product available. I want as much of it as I can, and I want to have the best. Well, the opportunity to uh, be able to select a few barrels of whiskey mm-hmm. came about, and uh, I thought, what a good way to have a unique product that people can enjoy that you can't sure. get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's going to get people uh, talking and sharing with their friends, and that's basically how it started. And I've had the opportunity many times to travel you know to tennessee kentucky you know i haven't been to scotland but Mm -hmm. uh i've been to mexico three times and uh with my good friend eddie leon who introduced me to tequila and some of the experiences of tequila were similar to maybe what paul had or Mm -hmm. some of you where (laughs) you're doing shots of uh, a brown colored liquor they call uh, gold and you got sick as a dog or, you know, you never want to taste that again. Well, when you experience uh, premium tequila and how it's made, it's probably the cleanest spirit uh, in the world or one of them. And if you drink it properly, not only do you get the full enjoyment of the flavors and aroma and the feeling from it, but it's uh, it's super clean and in the like death the next day. (laughs) So how many of these special 724 unique selections do you currently have? Do you know off the top of your head? You know, we don't have a a tremendous amount, but we usually have about five barrels or selections. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we'll offer a a special every night at 724 p.m. That's right. Where you can try one of those specials for $7.24. So that's, uh, that's what really got them to take off because mm. it, it gave people an opportunity to try something unique and uh it's it's really done well is there is there one of those in particular that you continue to go back to yourself well over the years of trying all the different spirits you know i've loved the tennessee whiskey mm-hmm. i love the bourbon from old forester right now my 
true favorite is the tequilas. And <laughs> when you understand tequila and you understand how to enjoy it and even drinking from the, the proper glassware, mm. well, this is a tequila flute. So uh, it, it, the whole experience delivers pleasure. Mm. And when you drink good tequila and you're not shooting it, it's uh, right now it's my favorite. Mm. Do you think there's a, one of these 724 selections that is kind of uh, being missed by customers? You wish that uh, people would uh, maybe discover for themselves? Well, I'm going to go back to the tequila because mm -hmm. so many people have had a bad uh, experience <laughs> with tequila. And our our uh, staff has been trained in uh, the, what tequila really is, premium tequila. So we might have to express to our customers uh, what it is, how to enjoy it. And uh, that's really been the one that most people mm -hmm. uh, are reluctant to try but always go back to it after they experience it. I love sitting down with a first-time tequila drinker, thinking that they're going to get a uh, sh shot of uh, you know, whatever and uh, <laughs> Jose Cuervo gold, you know, with all due respect to Jose Cuervo. They make some good tequilas too, but, you know, to, to see the enjoyment from this and then all of a sudden they're, uh, it's in their, you know, regular... Uh, lineup mm. so let's get into some more personal questions oh here we go get to know to get to know the man the man behind the legend of 724 and i want to kind of ease you into this kurt uh because i know you're a very private person so here's my first question for you how how long are you going to try and get that beard? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I have to come clean. This is really my first beard ever. Now I've grown a little uh, short, you know, beard. I've mm -hmm. always had a mustache of some degree, mm -hmm. but I've never grown a beard. And up until even recently, I don't really even care for this beard. But <laughs> I've got so much time into it right now uh thinking that it might progress into something i like that i won't cut it off well with this uh pandemic we're in i decided today to cut it on my own mm -hmm. which i probably cut about 25 percent of it off there was a big pile in the sink and uh <laughs> it's hard to do on your own because you got yeah. the scissors in your hand and you're trying to you know you're looking in the mirror. It's not easy. I tried the trimmers, but mm -hmm. I'm going to keep it going a little while longer. We'll see what happens. Good for you, man. Um, what do you like doing when you're not doing 724 things or twins business stuff or uh, bringing up the store on your camera app on your phone? What, what do you like? What do you like doing, Kurt? What are some of your hobbies? Well, my main hobby is uh, <coughs> excuse me, antique <laughs> collecting. I re I really love the thrill of the hunt, 
of uh, advertising. I'm a sign collector. You know, you guys see American Pickers on TV. That's basically been my whole adult life. And most of the free time I have is that. You know, uh, not having much, uh, you said, not twins related, not 724 related. There really hasn't been much. And, you know, I have raised a family. Uh, mm -hmm. I enjoy that time. I enjoy quality time, relaxing. I've learned to relax over the last couple of years. But, I, you know, I love working in the yard. I love working hard. Mm -hmm. I love collecting antiques. I love being on a boat. Uh, over the years, my main hobbies were, you know, building, enjoying hot rods, mm -hmm. uh, buying and selling cars, uh, old cars like... Uh, you might have seen in some of our ads where, you know, that's the, the thrill of finding an old car is the same as the thrill of finding anything else you really enjoy or an antique. So mm -hmm. I really like that a lot. And uh, I've always enjoyed Harley Davidson's, mm -hmm. although I don't ride very much now. Uh, I don't really see a lot of, I, I still see the thrill of it, but the way the roads are now and everybody's on their phones and uh, I've kind of gotten away from that a little bit, but mm. that's my enjoyments. Now, this is one of the few times I've seen you in the last few months that, uh, that you're not wearing flannel. Um, you seem to spend a lot of time with flannel too. I mean, what's, <laughs> what's up with that? What's, are you going to come out with some flannel 724 shirts for well, us, do you think in the it's future? It's a possibility. You know, I am fond of flannel. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy a quality flannel shirt. They're not easy to come by. I've had a lot of flimsy flannel. I've had a lot of uh, inadequate flannel. I've had, uh, but I, I do enjoy the uh, Dixon Flannel Company. And I have communicated with them on uh, possibly making a 724 Dixon flannel. But uh, I'm a flannel fan. <laughs> what is it about flannel that, that, that you love so much? About Is it how it looks, how it feels? Is it the nostalgic look of it? Well, I'm, I'm pretty much a blue-collar kind of mm -hmm. guy. I've always worn jeans, t-shirts. I've most of the jobs I've done prior to what I do now, I've been dirty, greasy. I I was never a guy that could pull off a guayabera. I saw yeah. a picture of myself in a guayabera recently standing next to <laughs> Michael Herklotz. I'm like, oh my goodness, you, that is not a good look. You know, I'll occasionally wear a dress shirt, but a good quality flannel is like a dress shirt for me. Mm. And uh you know, it's it's a good, clean presentation for myself. That that's why I like them. Um, Kurt, what would you say to somebody right now who wanted to get into the cigar business that you would have wanted to know yourself when you were just starting out? Mm. Well. I've learned a lot over the years and I've learned it all through making mistakes and learning the hard way. And I've learned from a lot of great people and mentors. Uh, the, but the first, I've been asked that question 
literally a thousand times. Mm. I want my own brand. I want to open up a shop. And there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, First of all, being in the retail business, you basically have to put it, kiss your free time away. You know, I worked Mm. seven days a week for many years. I was the guy behind the counter every day people walked in. You give up every Saturday when your boys are riding by on their Harley Davidsons. Mm. Uh, But there's a lot of sacrifice that needs to come you know, being a business owner, being a retail business owner, yep. and it takes a, a long time to actually earn a living. Mm. So unless you have a lot of money and you're, or you uh, have the opportunity to gamble with somebody else's money, <laughs> um, it's, it's not an easy task. Mm. To build a brand is probably even harder. If you think about trying to launch a uh, regional soft drink company or uh, Nantucket's Nectar Mm. or something like that, and to try and make a national brand from it, very challenging. Mm. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of uh, capital, and it takes a lot – it takes a good product. So you have to have several pieces to your puzzle to make a picture. And without all those pieces, it's going to be uh, almost like uh, getting in, uh, you know, Major League Baseball. Mm. Excuse me. Kurt, where do you see twins five years from now? What's what if if everything went according to your uh, goals and dreams, where would you see twins in five years? Well, that's a great, great one, Dan. You know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I live and breathe ideas of business, and they don't always, you know, come off of the notebook. But, you know, I have a lot of ideas for twins, and mm-hmm. a lot of them have come up over the last few years, you know, and uh, building the company. We didn't just splash a bunch of money at, uh, an idea and hope for the best. We built it brick by brick, mm. and that's what a true brick and mortar does. But I think uh, in the future, you know, you might see another location or two, mm. and you might just see our locations get uh, better than ever. You know, mm. with a good staff, good quality, good quality products, and uh, good systems in place. I think, uh, you know, we can go a long ways. Mm. What about 724, the brand? Where where would you like to see that five years from now? Well, in five years from now, you know, I'd, I'd like to just be a, a quality distributor of great cigars. Mm. I'd like to have my own dedicated sales team so I could focus better on uh, promoting our brand, uh, getting it into people's hands. Mm. You know, I've got a lot of good quality uh, brokers that work for me now. Mm. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is they represent several brands. So to get mm. the individual attention that we would like for our brand, 
I'd like to take some of those good guys I have and actually have them work for me. But, you know, that's a long-term goal. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, always offering good quality products and doing good business and uh, having good retail partners and just, you know, continue to grow slowly is, is really all my goals are. Mm. So when can we expect you to uh, light up some briar with us? Mm. <laughs> you know, question, right? burn, burn some hair, you know? Yeah, burning hair. <laughs> you know, if that, if that briar tastes anything like it smells, it won't be anytime soon. But I would be willing to try it. I did try it once upon a time. I believe it was with my good friend Andy Green. He brought me a Peterson pipe, and I tried it. And because of uh, my lack of experience and the fact that I like cigars so much, sure. I didn't enjoy the pipe that much. You know, the I didn't like the way it drew. I didn't like how much effort it took to keep it going. And when it was going, I wasn't really enjoying it. Mm. Uh, my tongue was on fire. My It, it tastes <laughs> like crap. Uh, Do you remember what it was? No, oh, I really don't. It was and, just so horrible you've pushed it out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I would be willing to try with your expertise, though, Dan, and uh, great knowledge. You know, to try it again. Well, perhaps that's a five-year goal I can work with. <laughs> so what, one last question, and Kurt, we'll start with you, but then I, I want everybody else to give their answer to it, too. It's a, uh, a would-you-rather question, and, and that is, would you rather, Kurt, have unlimited international first-class tickets for life or never have to pay for food at restaurants ever again that's easy like because i do eat out a lot but <laughs> i i would like i love to travel and mm -hmm. i i want to sit in the front of the plane so in order to afford that that's a heck of a lot more than it costs to uh eat so i would select the unlimited travel unlimited travel all right uh nick what would you pick unlimited travel on to international uh, destinations or never pay for food at a restaurant again well pretty sure everybody here knows what uh what i pick uh, <laughs> Yeah, we have a, we have a pool going. Yeah, it, it would be unlimited food. <laughs> like, I would hit every steakhouse in the United States and just pile on steaks like nobody's business. The flights, I'm not. I'm not. I, I go to Puerto Rico maybe once or twice a year. Not really. Uh, I don't really fly too much. That doesn't really, you know, interest me much. But going to a nice steakhouse or you know, Browns or Mockies and uh, up in uh, Seabrook and piling it on, that, that'd be me all day. Uh, Paul, what about you? 
think you know. I think I think you know my answer. I would rather have a slice of pizza in Rome, Italy, yeah, than to have the best uh, best steak in uh, in around this area. I would definitely take the uh, the first class tickets without wow. a doubt. Bree, what about yourself? You like to travel and eat. Yes, that's why it's a 50 toss-up with you. Oh. Well, okay, so honestly, I feel I have a very expensive diet. Um, we we joke that Nick and my hunger is twin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel that all the money that I would spend on food, I could use all that money to buy the, all the first-class international <laughs> tickets that I want. <laughs> so with that said, I would like to be able to pay to travel wherever I want, and then I will get free food wherever I go because I eat a lot of food. So <laughs> that's my okay. answer. Kendra, what about yourself? <laughs> what would the potion master do? So <laughs> I would choose the international flights. I have a lot of London trips in my future. My sister is going to be moving to London as soon as all this COVID stuff is out of the way. So, so I'd like to go and be a part of her um, new marriage family, starting her own family. So I would like to get there, you know, at least a couple times a year. That's awesome. I, I would... I personally would pick the international flights. I would love to travel more than I have been able to do. And, um, I, you know, I would love to go and, and visit some of these uh, uh, farms and factories down in Nicaragua, Honduras, you know, the Dominican Republic. I'd love to see those. Um, I haven't been overseas in a very long time. And uh, the time I did was... Uh, Awesome. I'd love to be able to go back there. So that would be that would be my choice there. Now, um, all right, it's already 832. So we're going to kind of wrap things up. Um, next week, we're going to be starting an hour later, we're going to be starting at eight o'clock instead of seven. Uh, but it is going to be worth the hour of waiting because in large part, thanks to Kurt Kendall, we are going to have Steve Saka on the show next week. And we are going to be smoking his brand new release, the um, uh, Unstolen Valor, the latest in the Moisture de Saka line. And I am really, really pumped about that. Um, we're also going to be smoking uh, jackknife plug uh, by GLPs. And those two things I think are just gonna go fine together. So you're gonna wanna be here next week for the show. Use curbside pickup to get yours so you can smoke along with us. And let's get this virtual herf hopping. Follow us to get notified on facebook.com forward slash NJBS podcast so that you don't miss anything. And uh, on Instagram at not just blowing smoke. Um, what's our final verdict here on the uh, 724 Lancero? Paul, you want to give us your final thoughts? Yeah, it was uh, just an absolutely uh, phenomenal cigar. Very smooth, uh, wonderful earth notes. Uh, so a little bit of sweetness, the retro hail, just a wonderful spice all around, just a really, really great cigar. I'm not saying this just because I work for uh, Curd and Twins. 
but this is my absolute favorite Lancero. Mm. Uh, Nick, what about you? Wonderful, or should I say excellent. I, with the pairing, it, it brought out a lot of sweetness in the cigar, got a little bit of earthy, um, nice, easy spice, incredibly smooth, and it, it's it's a it's a great Lancero, one of the best Lanceros we have in the shop. Definitely buy it. Mm. Brie? Um, I would categorize this pairing as rich and sweet. It's like, it's a, it's very elegant. Um, personally, before this, um, I've, my favorite cigar, like one of them, and once again, not just because we work for Kurt, um, has been the 1874 Lancero. Mm -hmm. And, um, surprisingly um i hadn't smoked this cigar yet uh the core line and um i'm enjoying it just as much i think it it even has um like a little bit more um like earthiness and spice to it so i think it's depending on what you're drinking with it um they're both equally good cigars kendra how do you think the pairing went for you i think it went great i think out of the two <laughs> Out of the two pairings, this one wins. Yeah, mm. this is uh, my number one vote. I feel like the everything that I love about that whiskey was mm. heightened with the cigar. It really brought out um, the flavors like times 10. So I've, I've enjoyed the cigar in the past. I remember when it got like an amazing rating on Aficionado. I told... I told Kurt it was the best effing cigar I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Can we record that?" <laughs> Kurt, what there do you think? Is. What do you think of the pairing here? Are you pleased with how it turned out? Yeah, very good. It was very tasty. They they complemented each other very well. I think the cedar notes and the sweetness of the whiskey with that spice at the uh, finish mm. really was good. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, this is a fantastic Lancero, people. Lanceros are very underrated cigars. I know not a lot of cigar shops carry them because people look at them and go, oh, that's girly, or they look at the price and they say, why wouldn't I pay for a 6x60, you know, which is cheaper than the Lancero. Um, Lanceros are, are very difficult to make. It, because there's no margin for error in something that it has such a small ring gauge. And this is a, a really a classic Lancero, right? Seven and a half by 38. That's a very classic size. And um, it's a very difficult cigar to roll. And when you do it right, you get tons of flavor. And that's exactly what you get with this. It's nice. It's medium bodied. Anybody could smoke this cigar. It's not too strong for somebody who likes more mild cigars. It's got enough flavor uh, that people who are more into full-bodied cigars will really enjoy it as well. And I really encourage you not to miss out and don't pass up the 724 Lancero uh, just because you normally smoke um, Toro size or 660s or bigger ring gauge cigars. Uh, this is a great, great size, and this is one of the best Lanceros I think you can get on the market today. So that's it for us this week, and uh, be sure to ch uh, tune in next week for Steve Saka, and I'm really looking forward to that. In the meantime, stay safe, everybody. 
See, I need one more word, brother. I need one more word. You need one more word? I just want to thank you guys, man. You guys are doing a fantastic job. I really appreciate the way you represent our companies, and uh, you guys are like family to me. Uh, I really appreciate you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Kurt. That that means a lot to us. And people, you know, you need to appreciate that you have heard Kurt talk more in the last hour and a half than we have in the last year. <laughs> so appreciate this. Watch it over and over again. And I'm not just saying that to boost our, our numbers, but just because it really is. So we're, we're very thankful that you took this time out of your evening for us. Um, it really means a lot. We've a lot of our uh, fans have wanted to have you on the show. We've wanted to have you on the show. And we're very blessed that you took the time out to be with us tonight. Thank you very, very That's much. That's my pleasure. Thank you. All right, everybody. Mitchell and uh, Fats. Yeah, that's right. Let's go out to that. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down smoke.